1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is a podcast from Minute Media.
2: Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison. I'm a contributor at NinerNoise.com. And here with me today is, well, nobody. You just get me. <laughs> um, we uh, heard um, earlier this week from our associate editor, Peter Panacee. And uh, so today you're just going to get me uh, to preview the upcoming matchup uh, in week four in Levi's Stadium between the uh, Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. Um, so the Niners obviously coming off that devastating loss to Green Bay uh, last week. But they get to stay at home, um, and uh, the uh, division rivals get to come to town. Um, this is the first of two straight division games uh, as they travel to Arizona next week. Uh, before they have a very early bye, and they'll finish the year with 12 straight games, um, including a couple of a couple of uh, primetime games and a Thursday night game in that in that uh, that span. So a lot of football left to be played. Uh, Niners at two and one um the Seahawks will be coming into this game at one and two um and we uh heard a lot from uh from Peter uh, just a couple of days ago about some um, about that game with about Green Bay and and how much it was on the 49ers how much it was just you know Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers and agreed pretty much with most of the things that, that Peter had to say I think uh if the 49ers had sort of gotten off the couch so to speak a little bit earlier and were uh, sort of ready to play from the outset maybe that game doesn't look quite so bad maybe they don't need that uh that late game heroics if they're if they're sort of part of the game from from the beginning <laughs> it seems like they took them a little while to get going obviously didn't score till the end of the first half and, and that sort of thing not ideal and by any stretch of the imagination but that is now in the past Niners 2-1 and one, heading into week number four Seattle Seahawks. So that means it's a a big game, as always. Every time the Niners and the Seahawks get together, it's always always a big game. Was listening to uh, former Forty ers left tackle and now NBC Sports Bay Area analyst Joe Staley talking about it today, and um, he was just talking about how big these games always are, regardless of what's going on. And so, um, just just something to keep in mind as we head into this game. Uh, before we get too far into uh, the episode. I know it's real early on, but uh, because it's just going to be me talking, we're going to go ahead and take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors before we get any further in, and then we'll get into uh, some some uh, news, 49ers-related news, and uh, into the game itself.
3: What is Shaking 49ers Faithful? And speaking of shaking, we all know how things shake out down there, and our friends over at Manscaped are here to help you out. That's right, the latest and greatest in men's grooming technology brings you the Lawn Mower 4.0, the next generation of Skin Safe electric trimming technology for all your below-the-belt needs. But Manscaped doesn't just want to make that the product that you want to tell you about. Nope, absolutely not. As part of this package, Manscaped is partnered with Fansided to give you so much more. So if you head over to Manscaped.com and type in the promo code FANSIDED20, not only will you get the Lawnmower 4.0, but you also get the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Let me tell you, Ear and Nose Hair, it doesn't get any shorter as you get older. You need this. On top of that, you get the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver, a travel bag and then also a pair of Manscaped boxers. I don't know about you, but hey, I'm always up for a free pair of boxers when I get one. So what are you waiting for? Head over to manscaped.com today, enter the promo code fansided 20 to lock in your own lawnmower 4.0 plus the weed whacker, crop preserver, travel bag and boxers for all of your men's grooming needs. manscaped.com Fansided 20 is the promo code you need to know. Make life better for yourself and those around you today.
2: All right. Thanks uh, for uh, to Peter for uh, jumping in and uh, reading that ad copy for us. Um, thanks to our friends at Manscaped as well for being part of the uh, Fansided Podcast Network as well. So a couple of uh, pieces of information. I uh, wish uh, um, before we get too far along. Um. So we talked last week, Mitch Wisnowski, 49ers punter, One special teams player of the week for week number two. Well, now he has been named the NFC special teams player of the month. So he's really moving up in the world. Now all he needs is to uh, win that coveted NFC special teams player of the season, which I don't think is a thing. But if he could win it, I feel like he would be the guy. And he's got a leg up already, no pun intended. <laughs> the 49ers also signed veteran cornerback buster screen 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 i don't know um and uh they brought him in to probably more than likely step in as an immediate replacement or for uh, Quan williams who we'll get into here momentarily um while they allowed former 49er and seahawk cornerback richard sherman uh to go to the tampa bay buccaneers allowed uh i don't know sherman chose i'm not really sure exactly how that worked out my guess, and it, there seemed to be confirmation from this from Kyle Shanahan just the other day, is that um, Sherman wanted to go someplace where he could A, get paid, and the, the Bucks paid him pretty well, several uh, percentages <laughs> higher than the, uh, than the veteran minimum, like two and a quarter million dollars or something like that for the rest of the season, and they've already played three games, so he's only going to have to play like 14 games, so that works out for him. And he gets to step into a, a starting role probably almost immediately as the Bucks' cornerback situation is not in the best shape due to injury and other things. Whereas in San Francisco, he probably would have had to, uh, uh, you know, step in, possibly be a third um, uh, cornerback. I don't know. And he certainly wouldn't have been a, a special teams contributor. So it makes sense that they bring in somebody else. But uh, Buster's uh, screen, screen <laughs> that fella, uh, will be uh, a niner now. They also opened up the practice window for uh, cornerback Devontae Harris, who they uh, brought onto the 53-man roster and immediately put on IR before the season actually started. And defensive tackle Maurice Hurst, who they did the same for, uh, he got hurt um, uh, sometime in the preseason, I think like the first game uh, of the preseason. Uh, Don't really remember Devontae Harris getting hurt. (laughs) He was just sort of surprisingly made the, the roster and now here he is, and but he might be another opp- opportunity, another player who can step in as a veteran uh, to be a cornerback depth for this team that, that sorely needs it uh, based on what we've seen so far this year. Speaking of cornerback depth, uh, Kawan Williams as I mentioned uh, has a calf injury. He has not yet practiced this week um, or has been limited in practice. I, I don't think the expectation is that he's going to be able to play. Um, if he is it would be pretty surprising at this particular point. Uh, he uh, is uh is gonna be somebody who's missed for sure, but there's also a chance that uh rookie Diamador Lenore could step into that slot corner role and, and somebody like uh Dante Johnson or um Josh Norman or Drake or Patrick who has not been active yet as a uh ers player will be able to step in on that outside. So we'll see how that goes. Speaking of Norman, he uh went to the hospital <laughs> after coming out of the out of out of the Packers game very Kind of scary situation. Apparently, he was coughing up blood, had a lung situation because he took a a Aaron Jones helmet to the to the chest. Not a penalty, apparently. By the way, even though it's supposed to be, uh, just saying. Uh, and he uh, is okay, and apparently seems to be on track to play at this juncture, which seems kind of crazy to me given the nature of that injury. But there you go. Um, Elijah Mitchell has been limited, and while there is some suggestion that he might be trending towards playing. Uh, I think he's still officially listed as doubtful for this game, but we'll see. Uh, It'd be good to have him back as the the team clearly was not fully comfortable with Trey Sermon back there as their main running back. So to have another option would certainly uh, be better. The other uh, more worrisome uh, news in that regard is um, George Kittle, who also apparently suffered a calf injury of some kind during the Packers game and has not practiced this week. Now, Uh, apparently John Lynch has said that while the expectation is that he will play, uh, there is always that chance that it doesn't, it doesn't quite cooperate with him, but this is George kill. I think he'll, um, he's, he's played on, on (laughs) through a lot of injuries in his career and, uh, hopefully he'll be able to, to safely get back out there and not jeopardize the rest of his season. So, um, with that in mind, what we're going to do is as, uh, we have been, been doing, Although just solo for me this time, is we're going to take a look at reasons for optimism and reasons for concern for this upcoming game against the Seattle Seahawks, who again are coming off of a uh, coming into, into into San Francisco, Santa Clara, Levi Stadium, whatever you want to say, <laughs> on a two-game losing streak, having lost uh, the two games in a row in not the the sharpest of fashions. Uh, they, they've been jumping out to big leads and then losing them. And, and that's kind of been the situation over the last couple of weeks, last week lost, uh, to the Minnesota Vikings, um, who are, you know, a team that plays in the NFL. And that's, that's where we'll stop there. So, uh, first of all, we'll start with my reasons for optimism. So the, the, the reasons for optimism is the, the fact that even though the Packers game did not get off to a great start, and even though frankly, the Eagles game did not get off to a great start. That the, the 49ers have shown the ability to battle back um, from inopportune starts, um, and they show that they can play with the top teams in this league. I think if you could still consider the Packers among the top teams in this league, then it's fair to say that the Niners are still up in that um, you know top 10 of the league, more than likely, uh, in terms of the NFL, uh, in terms of the NFL teams, as far as that's concerned but the the bizarre thing is that they haven't pieced it together for four for four quarters um you know they played you know pretty lights out for the first half of the Detroit game and then sort of noodled about in the third quarter and then almost gave the game up in the fourth you know they didn't do anything in the first three quarters basically of the Eagles game and then finally managed to to make something happen towards the end they um they didn't play well at all in the first half of the Packers game, but somehow managed to have a lead with 37 seconds left that they ultimately gave up. So this is a team that that does have the ability to battle back and to to play through adversity. But the fact of the matter is, it just it would just be better if if they would just stop playing through adversity and just give us four quarters of a game. And I think so. The optimism there is sort of veiled. the The, the optimism is that they clearly have the pieces. It's just a matter of putting it together to create a four-quarter game, and that's something they're going to be looking for uh, against Seattle on Sunday afternoon. The other piece of optimism is this: uh, so Seattle's defense has definitely been on steady decline over the last couple of years, um, really since uh, the, the the members of the Legion of Boom, you know, Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor and, and Earl Thomas, and, and that core started to to, to leave the team. It has led to a deterioration of their defense um, since then, and it's it's maybe peaked uh, so far in 2021. And so their special teams are also not too good so far this year. Um, so those are things to look up at. Um, just to think about this, um, they are 24th in defensive DVOA so far this season, but that doesn't tell us the whole story. Um, according to Football Outsiders, uh, they have the most—they have had the most plays run against them so far this season as a defense. But it isn't because they can't stop teams on third down, which I thought was very interesting. It isn't like teams are gashing them on third down; they're actually pretty good on against third down plays. Um, they do a pretty good job of getting out the field when it gets the third down. The problem is, and this comes from Mike Tannier of Football Outsiders. He says they rank 27th in defensive DVOA on first down and 22nd on 2nd downs, 24th on 2nd and short. So what that means is teams aren't even getting to 3rd down. So their 3rd down play has nothing to do with it. It's the fact that they're getting 1st downs on 1st and 2nd downs so often that the 3rd down numbers seem like they're good, but they're not really because they're not really facing that many. Um, He goes on to say the Seahawks allow 5.2 yards per rush on 1st down, Um, they also allow 9.7 yards per pass, which is third highest in the NFL on second down. So 5.2 yards on first down means that you're basically going second and four second and five, which is a good place to be. And then if you then throw the ball for almost 10 yards, well, there's a first down and you've also gained what about 16 yards on uh, those first two plays. That's a pretty efficient way to get down the field. Um, so uh, Tanier goes on to say the Seahawks get a fair amount of stops on third downs, but they don't force opponents into third down enough. And so that's where they are. And so that's something that the Niners are going to have to pay attention to. And, and hopefully it's something that, that uh, will sort of come out of character for, for Kyle Shanahan. We've talked repeatedly on this podcast about how he's, he plays for third down probably more often than he needs to. And so he's going to have to, to go against his, um, his general, uh the general way that he might call a game and maybe be more attack minded um and uh and try to pick up those first downs in two two downs rather than try it on just uh rather than thinking he has three to get there because Seahawks are in pretty good shape once they get to third down because they've they've put you in a good position to where that you, you can be stopped so they are gettable on first and second down they just have to be able to get them And on top of that, their special teams, also 24th in the league, the Niners, and uh, NFC special teamer of the month, Mitch Wisnowski, are fourth in DVOA. So that's good news. Um, So the optimism is basically this. While the 49ers offense has not been at its best, and really its defense has not been at its best all uh, all the while either, but we'll get into more of that in a second, this may be an opportunity for the offense to get right. So that leads me to my area of concern, and it's really the area of concern that always exists whenever we talk about the uh, Seattle Seahawks, and that is, can the 49ers contain Russell Wilson? Now, he is not going to be the sort of stand back there, make quick throws guy like Rodgers was. Um, that was why, in, in large part, why the pass rush struggled last week. Um, we, we still have a, a def- an offensive line for the Seahawks that's it's not great um and so that that should be helpful um and it should set up a situation where the pass rush can be more effective now obviously then you have to worry about russell wilson creating his own plays and and is using his legs to get free and that sort of thing um but it he is always a, a guy that you're gonna that you have to worry about um with this team uh while the seahawks have been pretty bad on defense so far this year mentioned 24th in defensive DVOA they still managed to be in the top 10 in overall defensive DVOA and that is because their offense is number two in the entire NFL in offensive DVOA they run the ball well they pass the ball well it's just been really effective so far now the good news is is that they haven't really been much for holding leads so far this year um they've been pretty uh gettable at at various points throughout the season um their, their, uh, their play, uh, thus far during the season has not shown, um, in, in, in very similar ways to the 49ers to be, to be quite frank, has not shown a situation where you look at them and you go, uh, yeah, they're, they're in control this entire game. And and that's, and you don't have to worry about, you know, what, how many points they're going to score. They did beat the Colts 28, 16 in week one, but since have lost to the Titans uh, in week two, thirty-three to 30 in a game that they led 24 to nine at halftime and then ended up losing as I said last week to the Vikings 30 to 17 in but that that was a different thing altogether the Vikings pretty much had them from the get-go it was 10-7 at the end of the first quarter but then it was 21 17 at halftime Vikings um, and the Vikings pretty much just controlled the game from there on out and um, so that will be very interesting to see uh, what what version of the of the Seahawks is going to to come out. But again, they haven't been consistent uh, on offense, even if they've been good um, through much of the game. They're just very much like the 49ers. Uh, here's the strangest thing um, that, that I noticed. So again, the Seahawks have been pretty fast starters, by and large. Um, scored all 17 of their points last week in the first half, scored uh, uh what I think most of their 21 of their 30 points in the first half against uh, Tennessee the week before. And I think we're out to a pretty sizable lead against the Colts who kind of came back a little bit in week one as well. Um, So they've been fast starters. The Niners on the other hand have been outside of week one, um, pretty slow starters. So it's going to be interesting to see which team is going to flip the script. And I think whoever can manage to flip the script and really play a full complete game is going to, uh, to be the team that ends up winning this game. Or you could see a situation where whoever gets off to the fastest start may build enough momentum to where they don't have to worry about falling apart. Although, given the way that both <laughs> games have gone for both these teams so far, it uh, doesn't look good either way in that regard. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if either team can flip their script uh, moving into this week for matchup. All right, so the last thing we need to do is make predictions, and because it's just me, um, we don't have to wait for anybody else to make a a prediction. I should say, uh, no points were awarded last week because the 49ers lost, which is unfortunate. Um, So for week four, um, I'm definitely going to call another close game. I I never in all my life would ever predict a game where, where the 49ers would blow out the Seahawks, and I think in recent memory the only times when there have been blowouts in this matchup have been the other way and we certainly don't want that um so it's probably going to be a close game because that's just the way these games go um generally fairly low scoring i think this one will probably have a a few more points than that um you know it's not going to be you know you're like you know 14 to 9 kind of slobber knocker kind of game but it 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 it's definitely going to be physical and it will definitely be an interesting game to watch for sure. All right. Um, So two things to keep in mind as we head into this um, and they are related to one another and it's very interesting how this kind of matchup kind of comes together. So a fun fact that I, that I read somewhere this week, Russell Wilson has never lost three games in a row. I think that just means in the NFL, it might be ever, Um, but for sure we know that he's never lost three games in a row as a starting quarterback in the NFL nor has Jimmy Garoppolo lost two in a row as the 49ers quarterback. Now you're probably like uh, eh, quarterback wins, not really a stat. And generally I agree with you. That's true. Um, and it's, but it, but it, it is, let's just say in games that they have started, the team has not wa- lost two games in a row at that point. Obviously you can start nickpicking, You can be like, well, you know, the 49ers were in games last year where Garoppolo lost one and then the team lost the next one, but he wasn't playing. So it doesn't count. Um, <laughs> so we're going to factor all this in to take that, take that for what it's worth. But the, the fact, the, 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 the fact of it is something has got to give right in one of those stats. Somebody's going to break that either Wilson's going to lose three games in a row for the first time in his career, or Garoppolo's is going to lose two games in a row for the first time in his 49ers career. Um, I think that's probably his, his NFL career as well. Cause he's never started that many games in a row. Um, so something's got to give in that regard I think it's a close game. I think it's a little bit higher scoring than normal because um, uh, the Seahawks offense has been quite prolific so far and the Niners defense still needs to, to figure out what it is and how to sort of handle teams with uh, sort of star wide receivers. I think that's going to be their biggest uh, bugaboo throughout the year and they're going to have to figure out how their secondary is going to do that. Now that said, again, I think their pass rush is going to be more effective than it was against the Packers. Um, but... Um, then there's the Wilson factor. He's a definitely a much uh, more scramble prone, a little bit of a uh, more difficult to to bring down kind of guy. And, you know, he'll do what he does. But with that said, um, I think it's a, a close game with a few more points than normal. So I'm going to go 27-21 Niners for me. And um, that's the way it's going to be. So there we go. So thanks as always for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan sided Podcast Network. As always, check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis, and be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And if you leave us a review and include a question, we'll give you a shout out on the air and answer that question. And of course, be sure to share the podcast with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers.